What does it mean to be a man in the 21st century? What can we learn from people who study and work with men? Why does focusing on masculinity matter? These are some of the questions we are here to answer. I'm Alex Bove, inviting you to talk like a man. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Talk Like a Man. Uh, this is the pilot episode, and uh, really, I just want to take a little bit of time to talk a little bit about the origin of this project, um, where it came from, and how we got to where we are, and then maybe a little bit of a preview of what's to come in the uh, weeks, months, and maybe even years. Uh, I'm hoping that this podcast will run. Uh, so the, the, the story is that uh, in 2013, um, I was... Uh, relatively new to a human sexuality program. Uh, I, I was in a graduate program at Widener University in human sexuality education. And one of the courses I took was an elective, was with Dr. Timory Schmidt, whom some of you might know from uh, her wonderful podcast. And uh, it was Sex in the Media was the theme of the, of the course. And we were asked to develop our own projects out of that class. And we were encouraged to sort of develop media projects if we wanted, or we could, you know, write a paper and any kind of project. And I decided to develop a, a media project. And, and what I was really interested in was just talking to, you know, a diverse group of men and asking them about masculinity, because I already knew at this point in my graduate program that I wanted to study men and masculinities. And I'd, I'd done a little bit of research on the topic already. And I just was fascinated to, to talk to, to men. So I was able to Luckily, find several men who were willing to talk to me, um, and I talked to different men, queer men, straight men, men of color, um, and just asked them basic questions about their relationship with masculinity. Um, and so, and then I and then I uh, made a YouTube channel, and that was really the origin of the project. And uh, while I was doing that, I was doing research, and I realized well, first of all, I realized that I wanted the project to be more than just the videos, and so I had I created a Facebook page and I created a Tumblr, and I'll talk more about that in just a minute. Um, but what I stumbled on was the work of Alan Berkowitz, who does this amazing work on social norms marketing. So this is I'm not going to get too technical here, but um, basically the idea is that people want to adhere to, often many people want to adhere to social norms, right? It feels good to sort of be part of the group, part of the crowd. And, and you, you learn by social, by looking around social learning, kind of what's appropriate or inappropriate. And, and much of our behavior is really influenced by what we think is the norm, right? And this can vary from group to group, but that's the idea. And what Berkowitz found, which is really interesting, is that people's perception of a norm might be wrong or it might not be that's probably a little too harsh it might not be quite uh, accurate right and but they will behave according to what they perceive the norm to be uh, and so that can often lead to people um, maybe taking risky behaviors that they don't need to take because they think that that's the norm so I'll, I'll give you a specific example this is very abstract I'll give you a specific example so social norms marketing has been used for for example, binge drinking. So you go to a college campus and if you survey the students, you say, well, how often do you binge drink? And they will often say, oh, you know, once a month or a few times a year or occasionally, something like that. And then you say, well, how often do you think other people binge drink, you know, on this campus? And people will say every week or something like that. Well, it can't be true that each of these individuals that are being surveyed only binge drink 
once a month or less often, it can't be true that that's true and also that everybody's doing it every week, right? So there's a, there's a, there's a misperception people's sense of what the norm is just isn't accurate. And then what, what, what Berkowitz has done, and, and there've been many programs that have done this based on this theory is if you, if you educate people that, oh, actually, you know, nine out of 10 students surveyed said that they only binge drink once a month, uh, you see that actually binge drinking goes down um, because people are f fine adhering to the norm as long as they know what the norm is, right? And again, they're often wrong and it's not anybody's fault. It's just how would we know what the norm is, right? Um, so that's really the genesis of this project. I, I, I applied this to gender and, you know, I, I'm not going to say I'm the first person ever, but I think that I'm one of the first people and this project was one of the first projects that really thought, hey, maybe we can apply this model to gender um, and especially masculinity because you know, there's this thing called hegemonic masculinity, which refers to the, the fact that ma masculinity, um, well, it refers to a couple of things. Primarily, it refers to the fact that masculinity is a form of dominance, um, but also that it's a dominant idea uh, and that it has this cultural weight to it. Right. And, and I think this is true. You know, we see all kinds of figures of masculinity and masculine power and, you know, in the popular culture and politics and maybe in our families of origins or our churches or our communities. Um, and but we don't really talk very much about all of the other types of masculinity that are out there. And so I think there's a there's a perception of what masculine norms are that isn't necessarily true. And I think that a lot of men or people who want to embrace masculinity um, I think they want to, obviously they want to fit in. And so they behave according to the norms that they think are the norms. And so the Talk Like a Man project is all about saying, actually, no, uh, the norms, if there are any norms of masculinity, and, you know, I mean, so there's so many men and so many masculine people and so many um, varieties of masculinity in the world. I, I would argue that there really maybe isn't a norm at all. But if there is a norm, it's really uh, a norm of much more diversity than we are used to thinking about. And so that's really been my, my goal from the start. So if you look at the, the Tumblr page, for instance, you know, uh, I feature all different kinds of, uh, the Tumblr obviously is mostly images, but there's sometimes some, some text and some memes and things. So many images and artwork done by, you know, men of color, you know, trans men, queer men, marginalized uh, men, um, and, and trying to sort of demonstrate all these different masculinities and, and show that they're, you know, healthy and thriving and, and beautiful. And that's what I've done really with the Tumblr. That's what I've tried to do with the, with the Facebook page is to sort of signal boost, you know, as many uh, ways as I can sort of signal boost all different kinds of. So so the other day I published an article about uh, masculinity in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And, and it's, it's very interesting, the similarities maybe with with Western masculinity, but also the differences. Um, and so that that's really the idea. That's the core of the project is trying to show that masculinity is diverse and in fact we use the word masculinities plural within the field to, to show this and i'm hoping that you know the more men or masculine leaning people uh who visit the the various social media sites associated with this project i'm hoping that the the more there are and the more that people spread the word about this project uh, the more we will be able to show that in fact there are many many ways to embrace masculinities if that's what you want and of course you know, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, on future episodes. There are people who would say that maybe we should just eliminate the concept altogether of masculinity and, and, and 
that's a valid position. And again, I'm, I'm sure that we'll talk about that as the as as uh, some of my guests, I'm sure, will have things to say about that. Um, yeah, so that that's basically the idea behind the project. And of course, my interest in it, you know, comes from, of course, being a scholar in men and masculinities, but also being a man and being um, raised within, again, these masculine norms that I perceived as well. And maybe maybe I misperceived them as well, uh, because I certainly never have felt particularly comfortable um, trying to put on, I think of it as like putting on the clothing of, you know, of, ma of hegemonic masculinity, of normative masculinity. Um, Dr. Robert Heasley uses uh, this word of the shadow of masculinity uh, to refer to men who are living, he, you know, think of them visually as kind of living in the shadow. So there's masculinity, this large thing, and it casts a very wide shadow. And, you know, some men don't really feel like they don't they don't want to have an identity outside of masculinity entirely but they don't really know where they fit and so they're kind of in the shadows and we don't really see them very much or hear from them very much and so that by the way i should add that that was another inspiration for the project is to sort of bring men out of the shadows who may feel that way in some ways maybe including myself um and so just to give you all a framework that's kind of where i'm coming from now, what will that mean for, for this particular project, right? So we've said that the Tumblr is, a, is kind of a visual representation of this. Uh, I have the videos on the YouTube channel. I have the blog, which is, you know, some things that I've written and interviews and things that I've done in the past as well. Um, and the Facebook page is really more just sharing lots of articles, just sharing what's in the news. And so what I would like to do on this, this project, on this podcast, uh, mostly, first and foremost, because I think it's just my interest, is I would like to talk to people, primarily, you know, people who work with men or work in masculinity in some way. So um, scholars, certainly, but therapists, uh, performers, educators, um, people in, 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 in the business world, in the nonprofit world, you know, anybody who is anybody who's working with men, who's working on men's issues and masculinity issues. Um, I'd like to talk to them and talk to them about their work and their experience. And I won't only be talking to people who identify as men, although I imagine that that will be a lot of the people that I talk to. Um, but, you know, just a lot of it is just going to be hearing what's happening in the world and, and why people got into this work and, and, and what motivates them and what their passion is and, 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 and the successes they're having and, and, you know, maybe some of the failures that they're having. That's going to be a lot of what I want to do. Um, so just a kind of an interview show. I think a lot of our episodes will be that. But certainly there will be other elements of the show. I would also just like to talk to people who have interesting things to say about masculinity. And just, you know, I, I certainly want to have some episodes where it's just talking with, with another masculine identified person about what masculinity means to them. You know, maybe an audio version of something like the YouTube videos. But having a little bit of a longer form. That would be really nice. Uh, I'd like to do that. And then... We'll probably do a little bit of in the news kind of stories. I don't want to do too much of that because obviously uh, those things are very topical and then time can pass and they could be out of date or something like that. And I, I want this podcast to, to, you know, in three or four years, if you're if you're listening to episode one, I don't want it to be about some news story that seems really, really old. So I don't want to do too much of that. But I think there may be some things that will be noteworthy that I'll want to talk about. And I think that, that there's some room for that as well. So those are the things that I expect to be doing in the podcast. And um, 
I want to thank you for listening to this. And also, I would like to take a minute to invite you, uh, if you have not looked at our website, talklikeaman.net, and then that would link you to all the other parts of the project, and, and particularly to the, to the Patreon page, uh, www.patreon.com slash talklikeaman, all one word, if you'd like to contribute to the podcast. Uh, you know, this, I would like to, I'm recording this right now in my home studio, uh, and I'm using the word studio in air quotes. I, I plan to hire a producer and, 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 and record a lot of these episodes in a professional studio. And, and I would like to be able to pay that person. So uh, the, the Patreon will provide that. And I've already got a few patrons. I'd like to express a special thanks as we're wrapping this up to Gadi Ben Yehuda, who is uh, at the producer level right now. And of course, anyone at the producer level, I will acknowledge as part of every episode. That's one of the perks of being a producer of this podcast, but also really everyone who's contributed anything at all. It's really wonderful. It really helps support this work and I appreciate it so, so much. And I look forward to sharing with you uh, insights that hopefully I can offer, but also that my guests can offer in the weeks and months and hopefully years to come. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Talk Like a Man is affiliated with the Men's Center for Growth and Change, a Philadelphia-based nonprofit organization whose mission is to help men and boys realize their full potential to love and positively connect with others. For more information, please visit menscenterphilly.org. To find out more about the Talk Like a Man project, visit talklikeaman.net.